we've got the Cincinnati Bengals heading to Baltimore to take on the Ravens as three and a half point dogs. This is Showdown Coverage brought to you by SharpFootballAnalysis.com. I'm your host, Adam Wildy, and before we jump over to DraftKings, let us remind you that our annual free week has wrapped up, and we hope you did not miss out during this free week promotion since the start of November. Our computer totals went 7-2, and two, our elevated plays went 13-5, and five, and overall we went 31-23. and 23. For the season, $100 better of our standard unit size is up $3,558. Want everybody to stay on board, so we're offering an enormous discount. Use code TAKE60 to get a 60% off discount on our NFL Plus packages, including sides, totals, player pops, and fantasy content. That is promo code TAKE60. Let's jump into the slate. We finally have one to be excited about. We made it. We made it, ladies and gentlemen. We got through it. Uh, We got through the gauntlet, and we are back to good primetime football games that we're actually excited to play. Remember? Do you remember when Showdown wasn't a a chore? It was fun um, until, you know, the end of the slate when you didn't win a million dollars, right? But this is one that we're excited to watch. So we have um, a a 46-point total. And we have a, a home team that's favored by three and a half points that is not expected to uh, be a popular stack. So it can't really set up any better. Um, we do have T. Higgins out. We also have Andre Isavas out, who would have been like maybe a pseudo, uh, a semi popular pump play, I guess. So maybe we'll talk a little bit of Stanley Morgan at 200 or something like that, but it's going to be mostly the big three and, and, uh, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd and Trent Irwin. Um, but the, the reason this slate is going to be really fun is because typically the three and a half point home dogs, if they actually are home favorites, if they actually win by, you know, more than three and a half points, they're probably going to have three or more players in the optimal lineup. But the way pricing works out with the Bengals, lots of Bengals four by twos, lots of even Bengals five by ones, even Bengals five by ones with Lamar Jackson, which typically not a great idea, but is going to project super well on this slate. So we're in a position where we're actually going to be able to get a little bit unique by stacking the most probable outcome, which would be something like a Ravens four by two. That's really tough because you have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So just for a little bit of an example before we get going on the slate, like if you had Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd and you stack it up um, price-wise, it would match up with something like Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers, and and Mark Andrews. The higher projection is going to be on the Bengals side, and it's going to be relatively close in price. So that's why people are going to be landing on Bengals-heavy lineups, even if it's not the most probable outcome. Um, I'll be... Uh, building lineups that favor the Ravens just because I think it's harder. Even if you want to um, invest in the Bengals, say that you think they can win outright or um, they just project better because not every uh, team that loses is not in the optimal lineup, right? So even if you just want to go with them because they project better and they're cheaper, that's totally fine. But those are really easy to build. The Ravens lineups are going to be a little bit more nuanced. So those are going to be a little bit more fun to talk about. So uh, like I mentioned, T Higgins out. So we've got Jamar Chase at the top 11,000. Last week, we were worried about, uh, I played this showdown slate on the weekend. And I was really worried about uh, Jamar Chase's back. And when you have a situation where a player that's as good as uh, Jamar Chase is on uh, maybe a pitch count, you really have to do one thing or another. You either believe that he's on a pitch count and you don't play him. 
uh, or you uh, ignore the pitch count and you you play him more than the field because if you just ride the fence, you put yourself at a severe disadvantage. So I played a lot of Jamar Chase and I was rewarded five catches for like 124 yards and a touchdown or something like that. Uh, a big game out of Jamar Chase and he's another week removed from that back injury. So um, he's all firing on all cylinders. So Jamar Chase, usually a $12,000 player, we're getting him at 11000 That's fantastic. Lamar Jackson at 10800 Usually a $12,000 player, we're getting him at 10800 That's also fantastic. That's going to mean that building lineups is going to be super easy, but the problem with that is that you're going to have to get really, really unique. When you can start every lineup with Jamar Chase, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and still find yourself landing pretty close to the highest median projection, it really puts you in a position where you have to try to get super unique with those last three options or omit one of them, which worked out when you omitted Stefan Diggs on the Bills slate, so it's not unheard of, but... That's really the premise around this slate. Either play those three because uh, it's hard to hit the 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 medium projection you're shooting for if you don't, uh, or you emit one of them and and get unique in that way. Bringing it down to Joe Burrow at ten thousand. So the thing about Joe Burrow is he's like on a regular basis. Joe Burrow is a a quality captain option, right? You're going to stack him with his really cheap Tyler Boyd, his really cheap Trenton Irwin, Tanner Hudson. Like he's got a lot of great stacking options. So he's a fine captain, but one, if he loses by like a touchdown, really hard to find himself in the optimal lineup Two, if Joe Burrow has a pretty good day and Lamar Jackson has an above average day, then Lamar Jackson probably outscores Joe Burrow by four points. If you outscores him by four points in the captain spot, I mean, you're pretty much toast with your Joe Burrow stacks, and that takes the rest of your lineup down with you. So it's not just, do I want to stack the Bengals uh, or the Ravens? It's, do I trust Lamar Jackson at captain or Joe Burrow at captain? And the cool thing about playing Lamar Jackson at captain is that a lot of people are still comfortable playing Lamar Jackson at captain with only one pass catcher, maybe two pass catchers. But on this slate, when you have such ambiguity in the running back room for the Ravens, can actually get Lamar Jackson with like three pass catchers, still feel super comfortable with it, still have a bunch of salary left to get to your um to your Bengals, your your couple Bengals options. So it's a really nice slate to just lean into Lamar Jackson as a passer for anybody out there who who doesn't trust him in that capacity. Uh that brings us down to Joe Mixon and Mark Andrews. So in that price range, you have like two really similarly projected options and they're both um, high volume players for their offense. The thing about Joe Mixon, and I wrote about this in the article on our website is that uh, he, his ceiling has just not been there. He's had a safe floor. I mean, he's paying off 9,000 pretty much every week, but he's just not doing enough to land as the optimal captain on a regular basis. If you look at his workload um, on a objectively um, he's a great captain candidate, uh, but the issue is that he's just has not hit a ceiling pretty much all season that would allow him to be the slate's highest scorer. And when you're talking about a player that's 9,600, they have to be the slate's highest scorer must to be the optimal captain. Um, so Joe Mixon's not really in super, uh, a captain consideration as, as much for me, but uh, a great flex play. And you'll see it. Uh, he's really... It's like with Austin Eckler, when you can't afford Keenan Allen and you can't afford Justin Herbert... Uh, it's nice to just get Austin Eckler and hope that it he punches in two touchdowns, right? The same thing goes for Joe Mixon. If you can't get to Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase, and you're probably going to have one or the, one of the two of them. Um, but if you can't get to that pairing, uh, Joe Mixon is a great consolation prize in that instance uh, to try to get 
some of the Bengals scoring. And then Mark Andrews at 8,800, he's really, really low for his involvement in the offense too. So when you have the most involved pass catcher uh, on the team, I guess he's uh, about the same target share as a Flowers, but uh, Andrews has produced a little bit more in terms of fantasy value. Uh, at 8,800, now you're really cooking, right? So now it's really easy to play Lamar Jackson, his top pass catcher, Mark Andrews, second pass catcher, Zay Flowers, um, throw in like a Nelson Aguilar or something like that, or Isaiah Likely or whatever, and now you're cooking because you have plenty of salary left over uh, for your Bengals player. So really, really interested in these um, Ravens pass catchers at their price and just really hoping that the field is not uh, bought in to this passing offense because uh, I, I trust Lamar and I trust Todd Munkin quite a bit. Yeah, Zay Flowers at 7,600. I, I think I even wrote the same thing in the article. He's pretty much in the same boat as Mark Andrews. They're very similar uh, snap shares, target shares. Pretty much both players are going to get around seven, eight targets, and uh, it'll just depend what they do with them. But I, I like playing both of them just because so many lineups are going to include like Tyler Boyd and Trenton Irwin that if you just pay up for Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers, you're already getting unique while you're still getting pretty close to the um, to the medium projection that you're shooting for but Tyler Boyd at 6800 he didn't get very much of a price increase um, considering how much usage he had last week I think he had five catches um, himself actually sorry he had like uh, 12 targets I forget how many catches and over 100 yards I think 117 if I recall correctly and uh, didn't get that much of a price hike at all. Uh, I know I was heavily invested in on that slate. And Tyler Boyd is one of the rare instances where you have a player that's in the 6K range that could be the slate's optimal scorer. Uh, so usually you look at those players in the 6K range and people are going to be playing them at captain and, and they're basically throwing their money away. Same thing when people play captain defense. Like, yes, it's going to hit sometimes and it's going to be frustrating, but most of the time you're throwing the money away. When you're talking about a player in the 6K range, Yes, sometimes they make sense to make your medium projection fit. Sometimes pricing just lays out in a way that you need them so that you can make everything fit, especially for cash. But typically, your Gabe Davises of the world are not landing as your optimal captain, and that's um, where the slate is, differs. Tyler Boyd has a really, really good shot of uh, finishing as optimal captain. I say really good. I mean like 7 8% chance, but relative to normal, uh, that's really good. That makes him a viable captain option at – 6,800. And that's also fantastic because that allows you to get Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and some other players that you really, really are excited to play uh, while you play Tyler Boyd at captain. So uh, Tyler Boyd four by twos or two by fours uh, are very viable on this slate. Tyler Boyd in the captain, Joe Burrow in the flex. All right, let's scroll down and get to the interesting portion because um a lot of people are going to be just as confused as I am about this. And actually, I, I completely skipped Gus Edwards because he's a little bit too expensive. He's up there at 7000 So Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell is going to be difficult because Keaton Mitchell only has like five, not literally five carries, but close to it, maybe seven or eight over the last two weeks. But he's been like an actual fantasy contributor. And everybody's seen the highlights. I mean, I'm not going to go and ad nauseum about that, but... Uh, he looks really good, right? He looks really good with the ball, but his snap share only got up to 24%. I think it was 18% the first week. So how do you really feel comfortable paying 5600 In large field, you feel great about it because the more expensive he is and knowing that he's explosive, uh, that's great because that means that the field isn't going to play a lot of them and uh, you can get some decent exposure to him. And if he does have those breakaway touchdowns that we've seen so far this year, you are making a lot of money 
in that instance. So large field, we really like Keaton Mitchell, but when we're talking small field stuff, it's really difficult to, it just makes it, it reassures me in my uh, Lamar Jackson stacks. When I look at this backfield, because uh, just kind of a mess, I could see Keaton Mitchell leading in snaps this week after the, because it's not just the explosive plays. It's the, how he has elevated the offense over the last two weeks. You can tell everybody has been super excited about him. So it wouldn't be too difficult for him to us unseat Gus Edwards. And then on the flip side, Gus Edwards snap share got up to like 50% after taking a, a dip two weeks ago. Uh, but he only carried the ball 11 times. So if you're paying $7,000 for a back that doesn't catch a lot of passes and he's only going to carry the ball 11 times, even in positive game script, you're kind of struggling to do that. Unless, of course, you're in large field. Again, large field, Gus Edward makes sense because not a lot of the field's going to be on him. But hey, guess what? He's an excellent game script. Like this is a Gus Edwards game. If he is leading the backfield and stab share and touches, it's a Gus Edwards game. At home, three and a half point favorites, division rival, short week. Everything says Gus Edwards game. It's just that he's 7,000. It doesn't make any sense. So that's what makes him a large field tournament play. Those guys that don't make any sense that are too expensive. Uh, so just keep that in mind when you're building your lineups and you're trying to get unique and you're trying to get your cum cumulative roster percentage down. Uh, God has Gus Edwards is a good way to do that. Uh, Justin Tucker at 5,400 is uh, pricey, more pricey than you're going to see from any kickers. So usually I just gloss over the kickers, but just um, know, especially when he, he's in the range of Keaton Mitchell or, or whatever, you're going to have Justin Tucker as an expensive option and a popular option. It's going to be a tough sell. Uh, we do need to get through some of these guys so that we have time to build. Odell Beckham was uh, mispractice, but he looks like he's going to play, but he's playing like the fourth most snaps out of the wide receivers. He's not really a full-time player, and he has pretty much – like he'll have probably around the same workload as Aguilar for like thousands of dollars more. Uh, that's a bit, bit of a hyperbole, but it's um, not that crazy to think that Aguilar might catch more passes than Odell Beckham. Rashad Bateman is a good option at 4,800, though, especially when he's right there, $400 over Trent Irwin, who's going to be super popular. I really like uh, adding Bateman to Lamar Jackson stacks in like midfield, even midfield tournaments, not even just large field. Bateman makes a lot of sense over Irwin because Irwin's just going to be so popular, so easy. But so Irwin only caught two passes last week. Uh, it just so happened that the first one went for like a 50 yard touchdown and it was looked fantastic. I think it might've even been the first play of the game. Uh, so he has a really high snap share. He's going to play most of the game because um, Isavas is also out, but uh maybe just not as reliable as people are comfortable playing him. So uh, even there's going to be some Irwin captain lineups too. So Bateman is just a, a nice little pivot when it, that lets you get over to the Ravens side instead of the Bengals side. Um, and then the two that we need to talk, well, I mentioned Nelson Aguilar a little bit. So the, the two we need to talk about is Irv Smith and Tanner Hudson. Irv Smith had a big game two weeks ago. And then last week, Tanner Hudson got seven targets. Uh, but the weird thing about Tanner Hudson is he only had like, 60 or uh sorry 20 percent of the snaps on his seven targets so that's a ridiculous um target share per snap but um yeah seven targets last week so he's tough to pin down but that means that his roster percentage isn't going to be super high so he's like a nice punt option when you have justice hill in that range who's also going to be popular um it it doesn't hurt to go back to the well with Hudson because he did it two weeks ago as well he had five targets two weeks ago seven targets last week I don't know why the snap share is not there for him, but he's getting targeted over Irv Smith uh, pretty regularly. So let's jump into some of these Lamar lineups while we still have time. 
uh, we want to put Lamar Jackson at captain. Um, and that's going to leave us with a decision right away. Do we want to go Jamar Chase or Joe Burrow? You can go both. So let's just go both really quickly. But it's going to be, like I said, your roster percentage is going to be super high. But you can go Lamar Jackson, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. But then you have to go down to like um, maybe like a Zay Flowers. We might as well go straight down to Nelson Aguilar and then see what we have left, 4,400. So you have room for like Trenton or win and you leave zero. So this is kind of like a cash build, really. So this is Lamar Jackson, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, Trenton Irwin. But I kind of want to get away from that. So let's do that Tyler Boyd 4-2 that I talked about. Um, Tyler Boyd at captain. Let me scroll down to him just a minute. All right, so Tyler Boyd at captain. And then, of course, Joe Burrow. And then let's go with the rest Ravens and see who we can fit. Lamar Jackson, probably Mark Andrews, um, probably Zay Flowers. And now you have 26, so you could go Tanner Hudson. You could go Nelson Aguilar. You could go Isaiah Likely. We'll, we'll go ahead and go with Nelson Aguilar. So Tyler Boyd at captain, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Zay Flower, Nelson Aguilar, and you, you leave 1,800 on the table. Um, so that's a super viable lineup that you could go with and be super unique. I mean, a lot of people aren't going to want to leave 1,800 there. So, um, And then you could also go up from Zay. Nope, you can't quite fit Mixon. Um, but you could probably go up from Boyd there as well. So that's just a little a little bit different way to approach it, but I'm going to try to stick with the Ravens 4-2s because that's the most likely outcome, and I know that not a lot of the field is going to be comfortable picking that because you can build a trillion 3x3s uh, and 2x4s with the uh, Bengals. It's very, very easy to build uh, Bengals heavy lineups this week, and they will project well. And if the Bengals win, of course, they will hit. But it's just a nice week to be a little bit contrarian. And it's really not even going, it's really not being contrarian. You're really going with historical norms in that the Ravens, if they win by three and a half points at home, are probably going to be dominating the optimal lineup by probably having at least four players included. Um, if not th if not four, then then a three by three. So I'm going to keep that in mind and I'm just going to keep trying to find ways to um, incorporate as many Ravens as possible, knowing that it might not look optimal when I'm building, but it will be contrarian. It will be unique and allow for a little bit of a, an edge if what Vegas thinks happens does in fact happen. So that's going to do it for today. Thank you all so much for coming out. This has been Showdown Coverage brought to you by SharpFootballAnalysis.com. I'm your host, Adam Wilde, and I will catch you all next week.